praise. Just lift up your hand wherever you are. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Wherever you are, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Lebron de Boro Sangre Sogra Tekebonde Le Mosebran de Krataka Labashada Lebron da Brosete Kebada Brando Lobrosele Brande Cabrando Cabroseleba Father, we bless you, we magnify you, even in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit of God. Your word is working mightily in our lives. Thank you for the glorious opportunity we have. Today is going to be another time of upgrade. By your power and by your spirit. Even in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'll be sharing with you some very um, powerful things from God's word quickly. And I trust that you'll be blessed by the word of God today. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you. The heavens declare your glory. Because we love you, Jesus. Because we love you, Jesus. Because we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you once more. Thank you. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Ah. Praise the Lord. Kingdom order. Last week, we established a few points. And um, we'll take it off from there. I first of all, establish the point that we're in a kingdom. And in that kingdom, there are laws and there are protocols. In that kingdom, things don't just happen. Before you can get God to show up in his fullness and his totality, certain requirements will have to be met. You know, one of the biggest challenges with having... Uh, uh, people understand God. You know, a lot of the time you find a lot of people say things that if there's God, why is this happening? If there's God, why is that happening? So a lot of the time we have a lot of people asking many questions about God and many questions about the things of God. Uh, but most of the time, a lot of these people don't even know what the kingdom is, who God is, how the kingdom functions. So they are, they are left with their questions. And a lot of the time I realize that these people don't even want answers. They ask questions they don't want answers to because once you decide to answer them, uh, they are displeased with the fact that you have an answer for them. So, first of all, if God is a king, then he belongs to a kingdom. Jesus Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world. That means he has a kingdom. 
when the devil took Jesus Christ to tempt him, one of the things he said is, this, uh, the kingdom of the world has been handed to me. So the devil too has a kingdom. You know, so everything functions in the realm of kingdom. During this past week, I've been having 12 midnight meetings and I've been sharing some things pertaining to the kingdom that people, well, to the end, that people will understand um, the way God functions, the way God acts in the earth. All right? So we'll take it off from there. We went to the law of the first, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And I said, in the kingdom of God, there's an order. In the book of Romans, he said, Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. He said, if the first fruit is holy, he said, the lump also shall be holy. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. That means there is a principle with God. I randomly was able to get on a live session on Instagram and I was sharing some things with them. And I spoke along these lines, explaining to them the kingdom of God. Because the, the lack of knowledge about the kingdom of God is really hurting a lot of Christians and their knowledge of God. Because when you miss it as pertaining the kingdom and with God, you would miss a lot. So it says, for if the first fruit be holy, the lamp is also holy. So over here, apart from you learning about first fruit, you also learn a principle of God. Because it says, for if the first fruit be holy. Now, I want you to come into the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. He says, for if the first fruit be holy, the lamp also shall be holy. That means this is a knowledge that has to do with God. Now, one of the things that the scriptures give us is the scriptures give us knowledge of patterns. The patterns that have to do with God. So, the scriptures give us knowledge of God's patterns. And the way to know God was here. The, the way to know God is here. How did Jacob know? He said, I see um, uh, angels ascending. He said, and then he says, behold, this is the gate of heaven. Behold, this is the gate of heaven. He said, I see angels as, uh, ascending and descending. How did he know? Why, why didn't he look at the angels and say, oh, this is an uh, angel's playground. He said, this is the gate of heaven. It takes knowledge of God to know God. The, the guy I was on the live session with said something very profound. He said, if a scientist invites you to come and see with your eyes what uh, a bacteria is or what a virus is, even after you see it, he will need to explain to you what it is. Because it is in his body of knowledge. The same way with God, you can't know God off the top of your head. You must be taught. And that's the part we'll be entering today. The knowledge of God as, as regards... The, the, the kingdom order. Now, we started and said that most of the time, according to that scripture, the first fruit be holy, the lamp also is holy. And Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Can we go there? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye, so you see the, the, the principle over there said, if the first fruit be holy, the lamp also is holy. That means we see a principle here. We see a principle with God. That means God works like this. If you give the first to him, the rest will work. Jesus says the same, same thing here. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That means in your endeavor, same principle as if the first fruit be holy, the lamp also is holy in your endeavor. He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, he said, and his righteousness, he says, all these things shall be added. That means, first of all, you must secure seeking first. So if you secure the first, you will have the rest. That's what God is saying. 
Now, this scripture says something very um, profound. It didn't say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and second, his righteousness. No. He's saying the same thing. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it's all the same. It's not seek ye first the kingdom of God and seek the righteousness and, and, and seek his righteousness and all the things shall be added unto you. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He says, then you will seek his righteousness. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So these two go together. It's like they are all part of the first. Because apparently when I told you that the first thing with God is priesthood. This informs us more about priesthood. Because the job of the priest, I explained that the, 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 the job of the priest is legal. Man qualifies to be a priest because man relates with God. And I said the priests have two languages. The, the priests speak with men and the priests speak with God. And they speak man's language and they speak God's language. Now, I'm still trying to do a recap, so I'll move into this. Now, I don't know if you have ever heard this song. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Show for the praises of him who has called us out of darkness, out of darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light, out into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Into his marvelous light. We are called into his marvelous light. He says that we are a royal priesthood. Now go to Revelation chapter 1. It will help me to explain to you very well. Revelation chapter 1. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and a prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Now, go to verse 6 again. He says, And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. And hath made us kings and priests unto God. So, I'm still doing the recap. Last week I said, When God made Adam, he says, Adam should have dominion, and that was kingship. Adam should be a king. Then, when Adam was now uh, made, and Adam was now in the garden, God says he should make the garden, he said he should dress it and keep it. And I said the first time these two words were used together, was they were used together as pertaining the priest in Numbers chapter 8. So, Adam's mandate was to be a king, but... How Adam will achieve that was to go through God's procedure of ruling. And God's procedure of ruling. You know, in man's procedure of ruling, man exerts authority. And man comes and says, hey, you do this. Hey, you do that. And man tries to kill to gain authority. Man tries to, you know, make people fear him to gain authority. That's not how God gains authority. That's not how God teaches people to gain authority. God wanted Adam to reign and rule, and he made Adam serve. And I said, that is why Jesus Christ said, when the the disciples said, Master, who will be, you know, um, James and John went to take their mother to come and make a political talk. And they started talking, saying, hey, hey, Jesus, when you you come into your kingdom, I want my sons to sit on your right and left. And 
Peter was offended. He said, ah, why are you coming to do politics? I'm the one who's supposed to sit by him. So they were all trying to lobby their way into relevance. They were all trying to lobby their way into greatness. What did Jesus say? He said, this kingdom, the one who rules or the one who reigns is the one who serves. Is the one who serves. So in this kingdom, like I said last week, we don't reign by ruling. We reign by serving. Authority in this kingdom is given to people who serve. I'm sure I've been able to do a very nice recap. So let's move a step further. I established last week that priesthood, priesthood is the law of the first. Or it's one of the law of the first. Priesthood with God. Priesthood is one of the law of the first. Now I said we are taking it a little further. Hmm. Interesting. Prayer was, or atonement was one of the job of the priests. But the, the priest also had a very peculiar ministry, a very peculiar work, a very peculiar calling that they, 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 they embarked on. A very peculiar work. Anytime the children of Israel were in sin, anytime the children of Israel had, you know, like someone said, destroyed everything. Anytime the children of Israel had destroyed everything. One of the first basic things that God will fix is God will fix the foundation. Remember, if the first fruit be holy, the lamp also is holy. What's the first fruit? The foundation. The first. The first you do in a, when you are trying to build a house is the foundation. God will fix the foundation. I want to show you a scripture. Second mm. Chronicles chapter 15. I'll read from verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 15, from verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1. And the Spirit of, of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah, and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, at this time, there was supposed to be a, what you call a revival. Now, they had, they, they, the children of Israel had been in sin. So, now they are going to war. And Asa wants to um, cause a revival. He wants things to change, alright, in Israel. So that they can have the favor of God. So, verse 3. Now, for a long season, pay attention. Now, for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest. Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest. A teaching priest. You know, this is so remarkable. I, 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 so when you try to wrap your head around it, you'll be like, wow. Wow. The, the work of the priest was so, you know, when I was coming, I was, I was going through the scriptures, you know, and especially um, Leviticus, where it's called the book of holy living. That was the, the book that had to do with the priest. 
Someone gets sick and he's not sure what sickness it is. Like, um, some, once people get the coronavirus, for, for some time they think it is cold or it is flu. And that's the kind of they, they happen to spread it because they, they go to the pharmacist. The pharmacist, oh, bye, shake me. You know, then they pass it, you know. You know, they think it's a cold or flu. So, the children of Israel, when they got sick, God didn't say they should go to the physicians. God would tell them, go to the priest. How would the priest know who is sick? The same way Jesus Christ healed 10 lepers. After healing them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. Why? Because the priests were given insight of God. The priests were people who could show you the ways of God. Now, we, we, the ways of God. The priest could show you, the, you know, when, 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 when you come into your priesthood in Christ, when you come into your priesthood, one of the first things that you'll see is that you will, be, um, you will be able to discern the ways of God, you'll be able to know the ways of God, and you'll share with God's people. You will show God's people the ways of God. You will show God's people. Go to Isaiah chapter 2. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amor, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. Now look at this. He says, It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations of volumity. This prophetic word, he says that this is God's agenda. God's agenda that in the last days, he says he would lift up the mountain of the Lord's house. He said all nations will begin to flow into the Lord's house. People will begin to flow into the Lord's house. They'll begin to flow into the mountain of the Lord's house. And they'll flow into it. They'll come in their numbers. He said and all nations shall flow into it. Now this looks like a perfect, a powerful prophetic word. For what? Now, why are they going to flow into it? Does God just want them to come and just sit in it? Go to verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And what? And he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths. Mm. For out of Zion shall go forth the Lord. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat his swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nations. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, verse 3 is my point. Go back to verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways. And he will teach us his ways. And he will teach us his ways. That means God has ways. God has ways that are not the ways of man. Let me tell you one of the first things that the devil tries to do every time. One of the things the devil always tries to do is the devil tries to discredit God. Then he tries to also turn upside God's values and God's value systems. Whatever God says that this, you know, there's something about priesthood. Priesthood gives you the opportunity to see things from God's perspective. That's why I said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. 
You see, and his, and, and his way of doing things. Priesthood offers you the opportunity to see things from God's perspective. A priest does not see things like men see it. The priest is given insight from God to know and see it as how God sees it. You see, it is priesthood that gives us ranking before God. You know, by salvation, we are all the same. By salvation, we all come to Jesus. By salvation, everybody becomes a child of God. But because of priesthood, because God wants to give everyone an opportunity. Now, someone asked me a question and said, if God knew that Adam was going to sin, why then did God put the, the, the tree in the garden? Why would God put tree in the garden? You know, this, this guy might eat it. So why did you put it? It's like God set up man for, for failure, or you know, but we're also not looking at the part that what if Adam did not eat it? He would have had a very good opportunity to have ranking. You see, because in the kingdom, there is, you know, God, you know, sometimes we interpret the way we love, all right, and we expect God to love the way we love. No, think about it. Think about it. If God says, if God says he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, imagine in our day, God says he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Then God goes to Sodom and Gomorrah and destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe we didn't see God's um, interaction with Abraham before he went and we were just looking and all we saw was that God has destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. What we say, God is evil. God is bad. Why would God do this? If God has, why would God punish people? Why would God send people to punish? You know what you over there? What you miss is, did you see that in Sodom and Gomorrah, the men tried to rape the angels? That means they've been raping. So if he's going to let the city free, do you know how many people have been have been hurt by the wickedness of men? So sometimes when God is meeting our judgment, we fail to, to think of the harm that the evil of the people has caused. So God gives every man the same opportunity. Now, how do I know? Because when you go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, if it was in order, because uh, obviously Paul was speaking in order. Or whoever was the writer of Hebrews. Because there are many schools of thought about it. Some say it's Paul, some say it's Luke. But the, the, the language looks like Paul. When you look at Hebrews chapter 11, it began with Abel. Where was Adam? Why? Because the opportunity that Adam had for ranking, he lost it. There was nothing to write home about Adam. Because in this kingdom, our, our, our faith, because how will Adam express faith? Everything was given to you, Adam. You have everything to eat. Free wife? <laughs> uh, I, I get it. Adam, you have free wife? Animals to play with? Now, everything, a customer, maybe a customer, Adam. So, God now has to give Adam an opportunity for ranking. So, Adam said, he said, okay, so I'm putting this here. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. That is all. All your assignment. 
Think about it. What if Adam had won? What would the story be like? Because there were other people who won later. Abraham won. Get out of your father's house and go to your kindred. As for Abraham, his was even, no wonder God says he's a father of faith. Because he had nothing available from God. Adam had everything available. All we say is you can touch, you can watch, you can clean, you can do anything. All God didn't want you to do was God didn't want you to eat. That's all. And the Bible says that Adam was not deceived. Some say, oh, the devil, his wife deceived me. The Bible says Adam was not deceived. That means Adam knew what he was doing perfectly. The Bible calls Adam, you know, according to the scriptures, you see that Adam was a priest. Also, Adam was a prophet. So he knew the repercussion of what God had told him. He knew what it was and he ate it. So, that disobedience to God is what robbed Adam of a faith ticket. An opportunity of faith that his generation will learn. Because without faith, it is now impossible to please God. So, Adam would have been standing before God without ranking. Adam will stand before God without ranking. So, God had to give Adam an opportunity. So, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you to see that this is what God does among men. When we are all born again, it's like everybody starts the race. Everybody's going, 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 going. Then God now begins to give every op- everybody opportunity. Everybody has opportunity. Either do this or don't do this. Either do this or don't do it. Your obedience to what God says is what gives you a ranking. From Adam. We saw Adam failed. All right, Abel and Cain. God now gives them another opportunity. He said, make a sacrifice to me. Are you seeing? This thing is about, about perspectives. It's about God's perspective. It's about the ways of God, the paths of God. And God was taking time to teach them the ways and the paths of God. You could see priesthood littered all over the scriptures. God gave all of them opportunity. He says, offer something to me for, for sin. Abel went to give God what God was looking for. Cain went to give God what he wanted. So, is it not my best? I've, I've given it an opportunity for ranking. And even when the sin had come so close to his heart, God saw it and said, no, you, you, there's something you want to do. The guy was so filled with what he wanted to do. But you know, from God's perspective, we begin to learn from the scriptures. You know, the scriptures give us good Idea. Now, in, in, in theology, they, we call something the law of first mention. That means the first time you hear something mentioned in the Bible or seen in the Bible has an implication with how God sees it. So in the book of Hebrews, because Adam was not mentioned, the first person who was mentioned was Abel. Because Abel was a man of faith. But it says by faith, Abel offered and offering, lifting up an offering, is a priesthood job. So, from priesthood, we begin to learn from the scriptures how God sees Abel. How God sees even blood. You know, to men, alright? To men, <laughs> if you see a man, a man's perspective of blood is that you are carrying your blood, right? Around. Right? 
you are a person and you are carrying your blood around. God's perspective, when you look through the scriptures, you realize that it is actually your blood that is carrying you around. Your blood carries your personality. How? When Abel was killed, God said that blood was talking to him. Blood is like a spiritual radio. It carried the fullness of the man's personality. And the blood was able to speak to him. So to us, we think that blood is in, oh, just making you live. Just go in, blood. No, but to God, your blood is carrying your personality. So he says, and he said, they will go to the house of Jacob and he will teach us of his way. So God will now begin to help you. He will now begin to help you to know him. He will not begin to help you to know his dictates. He will not begin to help you to know how he talks. He will not begin to how to decipher what is of God and what is not of God. We live in a generation today where we will need to step into our priesthood to know and discern the things of God. We have to know and discern the ways of God. Because everything, now, a lot of things are trending. And even God's people sometimes can join some of these trends. And sometimes Christians can't even tell the difference between what God has approved and what God wants and what God does not want. Christians can't even tell. Christians can't even tell. But we are kings and priests and the priests knew the ways of God. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. That means God has paths. God has paths. They are, like I said, I said, if you can uh, uh, see God, you have to trace God. You have to know. Has God been here? You have to look for the footsteps. So the scriptures are like the map. No, this thing looks like God. This looks like God. This is how God dealt with Moses. So in the mind of God, in the mind of God, who is a ranking man? In the mind of God, is a ranking man a man with a lot of money in his account? No. So the priests are what? They are taught to value things the way God values them. And they have to teach it. You see, they have to teach it. The priest values God the way God, uh, values God the way uh, he's supposed to be valued. And he begins to teach it. So the priest teach the people. Say, no, you, you guys, God is like this. So every year you come with a lamb. Every year you come with this because they have to be teaching priests. You have to be teaching priests. But you know, amazingly, you'll be talking to Christians and they'll say things like, oh, let's put the Bible aside. Let's talk, let's talk serious. But we can't put the Bible aside. We are priests of God. We are priests of God. And as priests of God, we, we, we decipher between what God wants and what God does not want. Go to Ezekiel chapter 44. Verse 22. Now, he's talking about the priest. Okay, let's start from 21 so you get it well. Neither shall any priest drink wine when they enter into the inner court. Hmm. Neither shall they take for their wives a widow, nor her that is put away, but they shall take maidens of the seed of the house of Israel or a widow that had a priest before. Now, hold on. Now, I'm not saying that God says go and do this. Alright? But I'm trying to explain. <laughs> I'm trying to explain something to you. This had to do with the Old Testament priest. Alright? But God is, like, you know, when you see the scriptures, eh, 
especially the Old Testament. Because there are not things in the New Covenant that are supposed to be followed verbatim. They only help you. The Bible says that the things which were written at time were written for our learning. It says that uh, were written for our learning. Uh, that we through the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, that means when you read the Old Testament, when something does not apply to you, what it benefits you is learning. It helps you to know the character of God. It helps you to trace God. It helps you to um, have the patterns right. So over here, look at how God is talking to the priests. He says, neither shall they take for their wives a widow. That means the priest should not take a widow. That a priest, if a priest is going to marry, a priest should not go and take a widow. That means priests don't use used things. I'm preaching very seriously today. Now, I'm not saying that is what they say when do as priests. You know, you have to make sure you don't. Hmm. Mm. No hair that is put away. He said, but they shall take maidens. That means fresh maidens of this, the scripture. Read it from here. Please, this is Old Testament, so don't feel bad. Old Testament, the, 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 the rules were more, you know, strict, you know. But they shall take maidens of the seed of the house of Israel. That means the priest should not marry outside Israel. You know, you know there are things that God tells you to do because of who you are. Oh. So you see, as a priest, no, it's not about, we tell you, ah, someone asks, sir, please, is it wrong for me to go to club or not? We are not talking about, uh, uh, mm. we are not talking about moving from bad to good or good to bad. <laughs> It's, it's not, that's not a conversation. We're not talking about this one is bad. So go there. No, 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 no. When you become a priest of God, now if the ways of God are bare before you. You now begin to choose. Even among the good, you begin to choose the best because the, the, the priests have the best. So God can give you certain um, instructions that he will not give another person because of your calling, because of who you are, because of who he made you to be. Then he begins to give you specific instructions. So only you, your, your friends are like six, they are going to the club, and they are all Christians, you know, but they are going to the club together, oh, they're just going to while away time. They are all fine, only your heart is beating. What's happening? It's because of your calling. It's because of what God has told you. So only you, are, only you, you are not feeling okay. But the rest of them are okay. So I'm okay. And only you, while you're sitting there, they're playing a song. You know that this one, if, if you dance, you feel like you have, you know, and they are dancing. Oh, come, come, come. Oh, oh. Everybody's dancing. You don't feel okay. When you came home that day, you feel so useless. You know, look at what he's telling the priest. He said, because those days, the priests were the separated ones. The priests were not like everybody. So he says that the, the priests do not even drink wine. He said, everybody should drink wine. Because how can a priest drink wine? How will he cut the head of their goats? By the time he has drunk wine, he's drunk. No hair that is put away. He said, but they shall take maidens of the seed of the house of Israel. That means the priest should not go outside Israel. He said, or a widow that had a priest before. Verse 23, that's the point. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy, 
and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. He said, the priest shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. What's the difference between the holy and the profane? Now, when we say something is as, as, as holy, you know, it's not like it's without sin. That's not the meaning of holy. When we say something, um, someone is righteous, the opposite can be sin. But holy is not sin. Uh, I'll make a statement. Can I, can I have the NIV? Good. Verse 23. They are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common. What is a holy thing? A holy thing is a separated thing. There are some, th- some pictures I cannot take. I'm a priest. I'm a lady. There are some poses I cannot do. I'm preaching. I'm a priest of God. As a priest of God, I cannot wear some dress and show certain things just to have likes on Facebook. They are to teach my people the difference. You see, what is holy is rare. You You have to understand. What is holy is rare. You know, you see some people take certain pictures of their body and their skin everywhere. And they show everything. So it's my body. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not a sin. We're not talking about sin. We are talking about your, your understanding of your call. Your understanding of what God has made you. If you are a priest, if you are a priest, you cannot show certain parts of your body. It is part of the holy. He said the priests are to teach my people the difference. Because the people might not know. And God's anger might come upon them. Because there are things that are holy. And there are things that are common. You see, there are things that are common. No, no, no. It, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. You cannot stand up in the morning and say, Hey, God is good. Then you enter in the Old Testament. Then you just enter the, the temple. You say, hey, is there no food over here? You just enter. You will be struck dead. No matter how much God loves you. Why? Because that is holy. It pertains not unto you. It is that which is holy. Holiness is not abstaining from sin. But holiness demands that you abstain from sin. You understand it? Because you're going to teach the people the difference between that which is holy and that which is common. That which is sacred. Example of a sacred thing, I don't talk against men of God. It's a sacred thing. <laughs> it's a sacred thing. Some can, someone can say, the man of God is a fool. Kalemodebroskites. Fool. 
You see, the man of God is a scam. Kai! Mercy upon us. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common. And show them how to distinguish. I like that, that word. He said, and show them how to distinguish between unclean and the clean. Because those people were taught. They were taught by God. When you go to the book of Leviticus, they were taught by God that when someone contracts leprosy, you have to quarantine him. Take him away for seven days. They should go and show themselves to the priests. And you know, the priest had a special anointing. And that special anointing does not make them contract the leprosy. They can deal with it. The priests were amazing people. The priests were people who were able to teach the ways of God. He said, when we come to the mountain of the Lord's house, he said, men, when men come there, they will be taught the ways of God and be taught the paths of God. Be taught the paths of God. The teaching of, of tithing, the teaching of tithing, it's not a way that pastors amass wealth. It is one of the ways of God. It doesn't matter how much you don't like it. It's not about you. <laughs> Do you get it? It's not about you. And I don't know of any church that they put a knife on anybody's neck. Some of us learn tithing not just by what we were taught in church, but we saw the word of God and God too spoke to us and said, pay your tithe, give your tithe, pay your tithe. And we respond to God. <laughs> the first, the first uh, uh, demonstration of faith was given. By faith, Abel. The first demonstration of faith in the Bible was not even receiving. In Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 when the Bible was talking about faith, the first one they mentioned was Abel. By faith, Abel offered. Go to Hebrews 11. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and by it he, being dead, yet speaketh. Hmm. Another time, we'll talk about this. Let's look at another person whose faith Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Hold on. You know, I said, the priests are taught the ways of God. You know, sometimes, eh, what we think is mighty. Mighty. You know, this, this service is not a service that I'm going to be, you know, receive, receive. No, 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 no. I'm just showing you the ways of God and the paths of God and how you need to now start putting yourself in the word of God to know what, what is God's perspective. You see, it's not about I, 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 I must do what I feel like. No, what is God's perspective? Because it is people who understand God's perspective who have ranking. Oh, look at this. Because the reason why Abel's sacrifice was accepted was because Abel had a perspective. He knew that God was looking for a sin offering and not just an offering. So he knew that this is what God is looking for. It's not what I, I can do. I'll do what I can do for God. 
No, we're looking at God's perspective. So men can hail you as a great person, but what does God say? See, the priest shall teach. That means the priest already know the difference between that which is holy and that which is common. Maybe you, you can be here and people will insult you maybe on, on a social media and you feel like re- responding, but you're a priest, you can't do it. You're a priest, you can't do it. But everybody wants to do it, you know, but you're a priest, you cannot. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I, I have it, I have it to my neck like this. I want to really, really, really respond to some people when what they are doing. Because I don't know how to take nonsense. But I cannot bring myself. I cannot bring my holy self. My rare self. My separated self. To, to commonness. He said by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not as yet seen. Now, hold on, hold on. You know, if we were to be looking at Noah, you know where we think his greatness is? Do you, do you know what it means for you to use the gift of word of knowledge or prophecy to know the dimensions of an ark? I mean, God spoke to the guy real time, 30 cubits. 20 cubits. That display of, of supernatural knowledge. You'll be writing it down. 40 cubits. By this one. By this one. Pre-technical skills. Carpentry. Arts. Building the ark. Dimensions. Opening the ark. I mean, if we look at Noah, wow. Wow. This is a mighty man. But when God was giving his testimony of Noah, see what God is talking about. He said, but by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he said, moved with fear. That was God's perspective. God's perspective of Noah, the great thing that Paul, God says that Noah did was not that Noah built an ark. The great thing was that Noah had the fear of God. Noah had the fear of God. I was listening to something three days ago. A great man of God. I think it was, it was uh, I think evangelist Renard Bonke. He said, for, for, for six years, they were renting a facility where their office was. And his assistant came to him and said one day, he said, Renard, look, it's not wise to be renting. Let us go and buy a facility. And Renard told him, he said, in this ministry, we invest in souls. We don't invest in buildings. So he told him. And his assistant thought that he had a wise, you know, suggestion. And he moved. Two years later, Renard Bonke was just there and he called him. He said, meet me in Orlando now, Florida now. Three-hour drive. He drove there. He said, God said, we should buy a facility in Florida. My sister said, we don't have any money. The only money we have, we are trying to gather for a crusade in Africa. And that money is not even enough yet. Then Renard Bonke said something to him. He said, God spoke to me. Even though I don't have the money, I have to let God know that anytime he talks, I jump. 
So I have to let God know that anytime he talks, I jump. Sometimes people ask me, how do you do what you do? Simple, simple. Uh, those who work with me know. Ah, what's that? God said. God said. Once God said, whether I have the money, I don't have the money, God said. So, they, he, he went over there, and his assistant said, we don't have the money. He said, no. So, let's just go and look for it. I know I don't have the money, but God has to see that I am a man that when he speaks, I move with fear. They shall help the people to distinguish between that which is unclean and that which is clean. Ladies and gentlemen, when God speaks, don't watch. When God speaks, move. Move. When God speaks, move. Move. It doesn't matter whether you have the money or not. It doesn't matter whether it's convenient or not. Because this is how men gain ranking in the kingdom. They gain ranking by responding to the perspective of God. So you have to first of all know the perspective of God. So somebody with billions in his account, that's not what moves me. What I'm thinking of is, is higher than that. Because some of you are under pressure because a friend has a car, you don't have a car. Some of you are under pressure because a friend has a car, you don't have a car. God said, and he moved. He said, in less than three months, they bought that property debt-free and still had the crusade they wanted to have. God said. God said. And I understand what he's saying very well because... I have seen it many times. Once God says, move, go and do this. Whether I have it, whether I don't have it, that's not what I'm thinking. Sometimes I don't even, you know, I remember, I don't even call for budget. You know, <laughs> no, I don't even call for budget. I, I don't see the budget. Because sometimes when you see the budget, you might be thinking, hey, how are we going to do this? I don't even call for budget. Let's move. We move. We move. move. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Priesthood. Priesthood. You will teach. You will teach your children. You will teach your children's children. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6. He said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Mm. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently, you see, unto thy children. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto them. You see, priests teach. Priests teach. You see, this week, this week, you know, of course you cannot teach if you don't know anything. This week, bury your head in the word of God. Aside prayer, bury your head in the word. I want to know, you know, and, and sometimes when you want to know from God's word, fast. You know, sometimes I finish teaching in certain places, then people are fired up, then they go and take their Bible, they open, they don't see anything. 
they are wondering, so how does pastor see, how does he read this thing? How does he see this thing? It's called insight. And that insight is given by God. If you want to have insight, sometimes on a particular topic, you know sometimes I can be asking God a question and that question can last me three days. Like I've read something and I, I don't really understand. Three days, it will be in my mind. And I'll be asking myself, so why is it like that in that scripture? Why is it like that in that scripture? Why is it like that in that scripture? Then I go on a fast. Then I go on a fast for two days. Then I go on a fast for three days. When I go on that fast, something happens. All of a sudden, light comes out. Light comes out. And I begin to understand. Oh, 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 so this is it. This week, you know, and let me tell you something. God is a king. He shows up when he wants to. So for revelation to beam out for you, some of the things you need to do is you have to let God know you are ready. You cannot keep a phone and your Bible open. It does not work. God will not even show up. What do you mean? <laughs> you will not even show up. You will not see anything. You just all you see is the letters you are reading. When you people are calling you, you are texting this person and say Genesis chapter one verse one. You are reading. Then no 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 no. Then a call will come. A call will come. When God sees that, the Holy Ghost is like a, you know, uh, the Holy Ghost. When you know how to deal with the Holy Ghost, you realize that you will have it easier. Guys, listen, deal with the Holy Ghost like you deal with the woman. Attention. You can talk to the Holy Ghost from morning to evening. You don't mind you. It's in the evening you mind you. <laughs> Everyone don't know this one. You can say, Holy Ghost, teach me this thing. He will not even answer. Like some of you know, you can call a girl from morning to evening while she likes you too. I told you, I said, that, that, you know, that's the, it's a dimension of God. You know, because if God does not have that, women will never have it. Do you understand? If God does not have it, women, God, it will, that would be outside God. If God doesn't have it, women will never have it. It's one of the, the natures of God. It's like a, a woman nature of God. No, take for example, Abraham, Abraham uh, uh, was in his house. Then he saw God passing by. I mean, God is passing by. God is not coming to his house. God just behaved like he's passing by. But Bible says that God was coming to Abraham. It's not like the way girls do it. They like you, but, you know, they're just passing like they are passing. They want you to call them. Have you seen it before? A lady will say hello. You say hi. Okay. So he wants you to continue the conversation. I think I'm preaching. So, the same with God. When you, are, when, you are, when you are dealing with the Holy Ghost, attention, attention. He needs attention. You give him a lot of attention. And the thing about the Holy Spirit is, when you begin, first day, he will show you small. Then the next time, he will show you a little more. When the Holy Ghost is comfortable with you, sometimes you will not even ask him anything. You will just be sleeping. Revelations are coming. You just be sleeping. Revelations are coming. Now, not in the Bible. Those who saw the greatest revelations were people that God said were his beloved. Daniel, Daniel saw the calendar of the world to the end of the age. Remember what the angel Gabriel said to him when he came? He said, Daniel, a man greatly beloved. Remember also John, he wrote the book of Revelations. All the revelations, the things that are yet to come, the things that came. Bible calls, Jesus calls John. He said, the disciple whom the Lord loved. 
You see, it is your love for God or God's love for you. you see, that intercourse that makes God feel comfortable with you. Now, remember, also remember, especially when you're dealing with a lady, in the beginning she might be doing shakara shakara. You touch her, say, Don't touch me, but she likes you. Hold me small, say, No, it's unto the Lord. I'm preaching. Then, one day, you kiss the lady. She behave like, oh, she didn't want to do it. But in her mind, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Then, when she's more comfortable with you, she'll be releasing herself. Releasing herself. When she now releases herself, when you don't even want, she will now be calling. That is when boys to their post comes. I think I know. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Right? We are behaving like you don't know it. That is when they, their post comes. You know, the post now comes. The boy. Now the girl will be calling six times a day. Before the boy was calling eight times a day. Now the girl is now calling ten times. You know, I'm calling you. You are not picking. I'm not going. Why? Because she has now fallen inside. That is the way we deal with God. When you begin, the word of God is a person. I'm telling you my personal experience. When you begin to set the scriptures and to know things, you might not know everything in the beginning. Sometimes you even ask God a question, you get an answer in the night. And then you get an answer after three days. When it keeps happening like that, after a while, you realize that insight keeps coming. It keeps coming. When God is not comfortable with you, he doesn't even need, you know, your readiness. He will just be there. You know, it's, it's like he just comes. Do you know that John chapter 4, verse 6 means this? He just be there. Ooh, wow. It means this. God is not comfortable with sharing things with you because he now knows you. There's now an intimacy between you and him. Lift up your hand and begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to pray. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands in thousands my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands in thousands my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands in my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands in my beloved is my beloved the
You know, you know, uh, the beautiful thing about priesthood, you know, uh, you know why I'm so confident a lot of times when I say, when people say, uh, I come to church and I say, bring your prayer point, I'll pray for you. You know why? Because of priesthood. When a priest offers a sacrifice to God, God accepts it because he is ordained for that. So, God is not just listening to the prayer. God is listening to the order through which the prayer is coming. <laughs> it is only priests that understand the intelligence of altars. The priests understand the intelligence of altars. The priests know when the blessing is hovering around your house. And the priests know how to make the blessing rest upon your house. So, when I come to someone... And the person has been suffering for long. I know because I'm a priest, I can pray a prayer. This person will be out of his problem. And because we are priests of God, our intimacy of God is accepted. It's like we can be legally intimate. In the Old Testament, when you wanted to uh, render something to God, you want to give something to God, you know, it's not just accepted. It's not because you, you can't go out and say, I want to offer this to God. You can't do it by yourself. You can't just go and say, I, I want to offer this unto God. No! <laughs> ay, 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 ay. You have to look for a priest because those people are ordained for it. And I said, when you were born again, you were a priest of God. Listen, when people are going through something, be bold to tell them I can pray for you. You know why? You're a priest of God. Be bold to tell him I can pray for you. Some of you think you need a certain anointing. You're already a priest. God wants to already hear you. You're ordained to receive answers to prayer. You're ordained to receive answers when you pray for people. You're a priest of God. When you say, come, come. What have you been going through? I did that so many times. It's not because I'm a pastor today. I did that so many times. When I, like, I, when I see somebody, I say, What's, what do you say is wrong with you? I say, this is what is wrong with me. Come. When I pray for you, you'll be fine. Bring your prayer point. Write it on a piece of paper. Bring it. I stretch my hand towards it. I pray for you. Something will happen. I'm a priest of God. I'm a priest of God. God accepts my intimacy. God accepts my prayer. My beloved, the most beautiful. Oh my.